Hello, this is the Amp Hour. We are your guests, Parker Dillman. And Stephen Craig. And this is also the Macrofab Engineering Podcast, and I am your guest, Chris Gamble. What's yeah. Up, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's Doing a it. mashup episode. Dual podcast. Yep. That's right. Yeah, so this is the second time that I've done this. We did this once with, uh, we had embedded on, and we did kind of a mashup thingy. Uh, Dave is at Electronics. And so he couldn't make it this week, and I was actually supposed to be on your guys' podcast anyway, so why not do a little crossover, air it on both channels? Uh, if there are any listeners out there that do that were expecting two episodes, like an episode of the Amp Hour and an episode of Macrofab Engineering Podcast, sorry, you only get one. But, yeah, uh, only one. One super episode. One super episode, that's right. But on the bright side, the people that don't know about Macrofab... Uh, the engineering podcast, then they learn about it. And if you guys have any listeners that don't know about the Amp Hour, then vice versa. So. I highly doubt that, but <laughs> you never know. You never know. They could have gotten sick of us. They could have been like, "I need a new, I need a new jam," you know. So, uh, what's going on? So you guys are down in Texas, right? Yeah, Houston, Texas. All right. How's how are things going down there? Is it still uh, like living in a bowl of soup, or, or it's. Uh, it's, it hasn't been that bad this past week. No, it's it's been it's been kind of uncannily good. Uh, mm, we've been yeah. we've been spending time outside actually, well, which is which is very different. <laughs> and we say good because it's like right. it hovers around ninety degrees Fahrenheit. Oh my god! Yeah, 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 yeah. It's ridiculous. All but right. it feels cool. great. So like when your shoes aren't sticking to the pavement, kind of thing. Exactly. That's when you know it's it's nice outside. We mm. we had a brutal summer. This summer was was rough. Yep. Yep. But yeah. uh, it's it's just feeling nice now. All right, well, that's good. So and, uh, you you guys have a format normally. I was, we were talking a little bit before the show as well. So you guys have like an actual format. Kind of. Yeah, it's a kind of half and half. Half and half okay. format. So we we basically like talk about you know if we have a guest on we just talk about the guest and then we go into rapid fire opinion. But you know it doesn't really matter. Mm. Not with a mashup like this. No. No. Well. I, you got more format than we do, so that's fine with me. Uh, we have one more thing. Yeah, one more thing. One more thi- well, you know, we used to have that stuff. We used to do Workbench of the Week, and uh, what else was there? Chip of the Week, and... Oh, yeah, I forgot I, about that. I don't remember what else there was. Is there just yeah. not enough new chips out there now? No, we just kind of stopped doing it, you know. There, <laughs> there are new chips. I, I guess I hear about them. How, how do you guys find out about new chips? I mean, what are, what are your sources? The subreddit, was it Nice Chips? Nice Chips, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like we that one a lot. Borrowed from them uh, once in a while, <laughs> and then uh, I subscribe to all the major manufacturers, so I always get mm. all their stuff. Well, and and then uh, if you go to EE Web or Electronics News Weekly, uh, they mm-hmm. have advertisements that usually have some cool stuff on it. So I pick up a lot of stuff from there. You know, I was really surprised about. I was talking to Mike Harrison about that, and <laughs> I know I work for an ad company, uh, but he was talking about. He's like, you know, I find out about new parts from the ads, and I'm like what like but yeah i mean like people do that like it does i guess it does happen and uh that's great i mean like that is that is a source for it obviously it's you know there's only so many uh chip companies out there and they're all putting out new parts all the time so well yeah there's because everyone keeps buying each other out well well well, and and an ad with an electrical engineer or even an engineer in general is is so different because you can just post the specs as your ad and a guy's like oh that looks great that's you know yeah yeah schematics always catch catch my eye for sure i'll be i'll at least take a look and be like what is this thing doing have i seen it before if not you know if you get like that block where you're like not sure what the blob is in the middle and you're like oh okay i'll check it out more go check the data sheet or whatever yeah i guess you're right right yeah yeah that's good so so 
engineering ads for parts should just link directly to the PDF. Yeah, that's a good idea. Well, yeah, I guess so. A lot of them go to like those product pages though too. They go to like because like that then they'll yeah. have like the one K pricing stuff like that. That's not too bad. Well, it, it actually on EE Web in their product section, which I guarantee uh-huh. is all just ads. They have blog posts, and the blog post is like maybe two paragraphs about that chip, and you can go see how, the price, and you can go to the data sheet directly from that blog post. Yeah, oh, that's cool. So yeah, they do. Yeah, they I mean, do it well. That's that stuff's good, but like I think the real thing is, you know, I think about all of this stuff is usually me just kind of filing away in the mental inventory kind of thing. And what I really need to know is what is this part normally used for? Like, uh, which industries, you know, if it's like an automotive part, I probably can't afford it. Right. Or if it's a consumer level part, I might not like the specs or whatever. You know what I mean? Like having those kind of filters around, around the industries or whatever, that's usually the most helpful. And then I'd, I'd love to know like the, uh, you know, like when prescriptions go off, off label and they're like, like, Oh, this is a, uh, uh, psychotropic, but you use it for migraines or whatever, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Right. I, right. I want to be that doctor who, who's prescribing the weird chip for, you know, something else. The, you know, the 10 secret tips that you need to know about this this uh, certain chip or whatnot. <laughs> right, yeah. Yes. Uh, I don't know. I just, I just think there's always, like... So, like, I remember there was an audio part that I saw someone used. It was, like, an AB, class AB driver, you know, uh, pretty standard. But it was used for, like, uh, like a power amp for uh, a power supply. You know, like, those kind of things where it's, like, I guess you could do it by genre in general. But uh, I always just thought that those kind of things are interesting. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I just keep a giant uh, spreadsheet of, like, if I, you know, I find a cool part, put the part mm-hmm. number in. And then I type in like a short description that what it is so I can search later. And do you share this with us? Come on, man. Yeah, Give I, can, I can put it. I can put it out there. Yeah, that's that sounds that sounds like. A, I mean, it would be nice if. I mean, I guess that's kind of what Nice Chips works. The the Nice Chips subreddit kind of works as a repository for that stuff. But it would be nice to have like a generalized, you know, what is it? You know, like kind of like a snap lookup kind of thing. Yeah. 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 And, and I think we've actually talked about this on the MacFab podcast a couple times, but. Maxim chips on their data sheets have like mm-hmm. 800 application schematics on there and it's like yeah. you can use this chip in these like 50 different ways and it's like oh, yeah. I, lo- I love their data sheets because of that yeah yep uh yeah th- those are really nice to have those because that is that always catches the it when you're scrolling down the down the data sheet you know page or whatever yeah at yeah. least at, at least for me it does uh well uh let's take a step back uh, I know that we're kind of going to be interviewing each other and just kind of chatting, whatever. Uh, but it, you, you guys are obviously Macrofab. Uh, what what is Macrofab? So Macrofab is a basically an operations replacement for uh, basically uh, for engineers, I guess. Um, mm. We basically do low volume OEM manufacturing for anyone that wants it. Nice. And the uh, yeah. what sets us apart from most contract manufacturers is. We basically do everything from buying the parts, putting it together, inventorying it, and also drop shipping to your customers directly. Mm. But we all do this with the aid of a web interface that allows you to handle your inventory, purchase PCBs, uh, uh, do the entire thing top to bottom, including giving us instructions on how to build your product. Uh, It's it's an end-to-end application all uh, over the web. Yeah, and everything is also... uh, has an API endpoint, so you can write your own software if you want to, to also interface with your, uh, like if you have your own web web store, you can do everything through that as well. Uh, explain that more. So, like, if you 
let's say someone orders some boards and you need to you know fulfill those boards you can have the api endpoint automatically just click basically fulfill this order through my inventory at macrofab oh okay so like tying it into like a uh what's that called erp system i think yeah i was thinking there's a there's a wordpress based one uh, uh e-commerce yeah. something yeah, like that e-commerce stuff yeah yeah but yeah exactly uh cool well that's really cool um and so you guys hold inventory too yeah we hold inventory right and so parker you and chris were on almost a long long time ago yeah, yeah a year and a half ago okay okay yeah that was back we'll when we had like four employees <laughs> what are you guys at now 20 something whoa 23 nice. and, and what's what's the split on that is it like a, a lot of uh people working the the line or is it a lot of software or what it's about half and half okay that's great about half the people work R&D, and the other half is operations. Okay. Yeah, and I think you guys even moved places, right? Or you were moving when we talked last time? Yeah, we had <laughs> just moved to our current location, but we're actually moving again in like three, four weeks. Wow. <laughs> we're moving. that's a good sign, right? Yeah. yeah. You guys should maybe get a little bit more space this time than you need, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, our new shop is... Uh, over double the size, so it's from 5,000 square feet to 11,000. 11, yeah. Nice. That's and, great. That's really great. You guys going to double up the lines or anything? Or? Not at the moment. It's mainly because uh, it's it's uh, the air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> um, our uh, current right, shop. Houston, yeah. Yeah, our current <laughs> shop has air conditioning, but it is uh, not insulated well. Ah, uh, okay. And so you're, so you're just blowing money out the cracks of the, the building, huh? Exactly. I think uh, it would be like 94 outside and like 86 inside the shop. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. It gets brutal. And you're, and you're still paying hundreds of dollars a month for the for the privilege, right? Yes, exactly. Well, and at the same time, we have a reflow oven that's just dumping heat into that. Oh, that's true. It's actually yeah. not really the reflow oven because the reflow oven's really well insulated. It's the fact uh -huh. that the reflow oven sucks about 1,000 CFM of nice AC air out your oh. roof yeah right yeah right right <laughs> nice wow that's yeah that's crazy um what yeah i i i'm always surprised by places like in the midwest or you know where I, I just moved to chicago but in cleveland too like and like these old factories it's obviously the opposite it's winter is the big problem here but um you know they just got like that single pane glass and you know, it's like they, the winters are obviously miserable in the, in, the, in the lines, but at least they sometimes have the industrial waste heat that can at least, you know, they're paying for it a different way. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I've seen um, up north, I've seen like uh, for a, like mechanic shops and stuff where they just take the used oil and they have a used oil heater. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, like a barrel fire? Or <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's not a barrel fire, but it's a, just it's a heater that's designed that burns off the used oil. Oh, that's not a bad idea, actually. Yeah. I mean, if it if it's, you know, self-contained or whatever. Uh, well, that is cool. Uh, I'm glad that uh, you guys are expanding. That's a good sign. Mm -hmm. How? What about the? Uh, what about the? Can I just call it MEP? Is that cool? Yeah, MEP's yeah, cool. MEP. That's what we call MEP. it. Okay. All right. So, uh, how long has MEP been going on? Well, this is episode 33. So we're yeah. an order of magnitude less than than the amp hour. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're on 315. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. The, but you know everybody's got to start somewhere, so that's great. And oh, yeah. there's obviously a lot of back uh, back episodes people can listen to, mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, um, well, uh, I think the reason I wanted to get to that is because we were talking about finding new chips. Are you allowed to? Do you guys like peek at the? I, I think I asked Lane this too when, from Osh Park when he was on. But like, do you peek at the designs when they come through? No, I don't. At least. 
are you allowed to i mean like i don't know i don't i don't even know how that works honestly like uh so you know i i just don't i guess i just don't look at them. i actually don't know if we would be allowed to i just from like a I guess from a time a, thing. Well, no, just from a moral <laughs> standpoint, it's like that's their own thing. There's no reason I should look at it, you know. We, oh, okay. We, we do have, you know, a standard privacy. Um, no, no, I'm not worried about. It. I mean, yeah, I'm sure that that's. I, I just mean that, like, I would be so curious just about like how people do. You know what I mean? Like, I, like there's some there's some like aspect of like voyeurism in, in electronics. Oh and yeah. I, I kind of do that with contextual electronics a little bit too, where it's like you kind of just want to see how people are thinking and what their designs are like. Obviously, I get I get that privacy piece, so I don't I don't I I'm, that's actually good that you guys don't do that. But I just mean in general, like, you know, we're talking about finding new parts and finding new ways of doing things. Like, oh sure. Well, there's there's certainly a, a high level of curiosity that goes into this kind of stuff. In fact, I was I was QCing, uh, quality control checking some some boards earlier today, and it's one of mm -hmm. those things where I've got it under a microscope, and I'm sitting there the whole time, like, why why did he do that? You know, yeah, <laughs> so, like, exactly. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah, but sometimes yeah, yeah. there's these really good tricks. You know, like that's and that's the other thing too. Like you learn these tricks from like senior engineers, and if you don't have that, then where do you where do you really learn these things? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so, for yeah. sure. You guys should like uh, ask if you can publish some of them. It's some, you know, like very above board. At some point, I would love to see that where it's just like, hey, they said it's cool. Check this out. <laughs> yeah, you know, I actually was thinking is would be cool if like you check out on Macrofab. Like, there's a button at the bottom that says, "Do you want to like? Can we use your your board as like you know advertisement for like social media?" Yeah. Um, right. So far, the yeah, developers some people don't care, or some people might actually get benefit from it, that kind of thing. But. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, our developers haven't gotten that far down the list yet. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Step one: get the software to work properly. Step, you know, seven thousand four hundred twenty-two. Add a checkbox. <laughs> right, right. Share to Twitter. <laughs> and, and, and it's it's pretty uh, actually standard to uh, see some panels and some boards walk by, and Park will be like. What, what does that do? And we, we sit there for a second and try to figure out what that board does. That that right. is that is absolutely that happens every day. <laughs> yeah, well, that's great. No, that that's got to be one of the perks I would think. You oh know, like yeah, that, just being around the being around hardware like that is like the variety of hardware, right? Because you guys are like a low volume, high mix, like that kind of stuff is always interesting. With like high volume, there's a there's a real big difference, right? I mean, like or there's there's a difference in problems, definitely. Yeah, has problems still, but uh, it's a it's a different set of things, you know. Yeah, the the big thing with uh with with a high mix low volume is just it's a uh, it's all QC. It's really easy for when you do like really big manufacturing runs is you're looking at the same board, you know, a thousand times a day. You can automatically make sure that everything's right. But if when every single board is different, yep. that's yep. when it's hard. Yeah, every single yeah. one's fresh. You got to treat it fresh. You got to look at it. You can't memorize patterns because there are no patterns. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That it, it is interesting too. Like I remember, I remember I used to work with some really good techs, and those guys would have like the eyes for like their pat their pattern recognition was just like spot on. They could look at a board and diagnose it in like ten seconds, just because like they would scan through it. You know, it had like you know maybe twelve hundred components on it, or whatever. It was a it was a very complicated board, but it scanned through it. They knew. There was like five problematic spots. They their eyes would dart to each of those, and then it'd be like, "Bop, there it is," right? And and like, and if it they fixed that one and it didn't quite work, then they would just move on. And usually, there's other things or whatever. But that's just the life of a of a good repair tech is like being able to kind of key in on something and then and then quickly 
rectify the situation because time is money, right? Well, yeah, and it's it's one of those things where uh, most of the time for a repair technician, the actual physical action of repairing something is 10 minutes or, or even less, but yeah, it could take yeah. three hours to figure out the problem. So yeah, all exactly. of the work is in the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like house or other you know, yeah, medical yeah, shows. right, right. Yeah, five exactly. minutes of trying to figure out what it is, and five minutes of actually curing the problem. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's lupus. It's lupus. It's, uh, it's never lupus. It's never. I think one. It one always starts off as lupus, but yeah, it but exactly. it never is later on. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be a solder short. It's got to be. <laughs> it's got to be. It's got to be. It's got to be. No, no, no. It's it's got to be. The, it's got to be the firmware. Come on, let's. Yeah, it's got to be the firmware. <laughs> It's got to be the first. Right, we're hardware yeah, guys here, right? ESD damage. Right. ESD we, damage. We, oh, there you go. No, 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 no. It's never <laughs> ESD damage. It's never ESD damage. <laughs> Mine is like, it, it's only ever ESD damage if, it, you know, I've already dropped it on the floor three times and, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's bent in half. And then, oh, it also is ESD damage. So. Right. <laughs> so uh, you guys had some stuff on your list. Uh, do you want to go through some of those things or? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I guess the RFO section then. Um Rapid fire opinion. So this will be the first time you've ever done this, Chris. I think so. Yeah. yeah so, um, so how how does it work? So we usually just have a couple articles. We'll read them off, have a little short description, and then you basically give like a, uh, like your opinion if you have one or thoughts. You know, we try to keep each one to about five minutes each. A lot of times it just runs over. Doesn't really matter. Okay. Um. So yeah, Intercell got bought out. I think you know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we actually we mentioned that uh, I think last week, two weeks ago, something like that. Yeah, yeah, um, three point two billion dollars. It's crazy. Uh, this year has been like the year of buyouts for the electronics yes. industry. It's just been nuts. Yeah, I think yep. there has. I think out of the thirty three episodes of MEP, we have mentioned a buyout in probably twenty five of those. Yeah, because <laughs> it's been nonstop. <laughs> Well, how many? How many, maybe we should speak about it more generally. What are you guys feeling about that in general? I mean, do you do you lament it? Do you care? Um, I I like always seeing um more variety in manufacturers, but yeah. looking at how difficult it is to actually make semiconductors, it makes sense to kind of consolidate, um, fabs. Uh, yeah. I think going forward, we'll see a lot more fabless companies like Silicon Labs and that kind of stuff, where they don't actually have to have all their ops stuff. You know. Oh, don't kid yourself. Intercell's already like that, and so is Renesis. Well, Renesis has, I think, some fab capabilities, but these guys, I mean, no one's doing it anymore anyway, so it doesn't... Yeah, you just farm it all out. Mm-hmm. I, uh, so, so my rapid opinion is uh, this is the NBA playbook. This is basically companies that can't get any more margin out of what they're doing. Uh, understandably, it's like, it, it is a tough business, like you guys mentioned, but it's just, they can't do anything else, and so it's like, well, we're going to buy our next set of profits, you know, and... Uh, Part of me dislikes it, especially because I know what the the result of it's going to be. Like yeah, less layoffs. brand, less choice, mm-hmm. more layoffs, right? All the all the bad stuff. Uh, and then the rest of me says, "Yeah, whatever. I don't really care." Uh, <laughs> but it's kind of like know. the uh, the analog and in, in linear that just uh, happened. What a month ago, two months ago. Yes, please don't bring that up. That's a yeah. still a sore topic. Yeah, because there, there were <laughs> so, huge. I'm sorry. Yeah, there were huge uh, competitors, and they're just like, ah, nah, not anymore. Right, and so I think the if, if my real opinion is is that uh, the SEC is uh, not the FCC, SEC, it's the um, FTC rather the uh, the ones who do the antitrust stuff. They're just yeah, they're federal trade commissions. 
they're sitting on their asses and i i can't stand it that that's i mean i know that that gets into like political stuff as well but like there should be more competition in general but since no one's gonna do anything it's like all right well what the hell am i gonna do well yeah it's also (laughs) you gotta think about is you is do you try to force competition then at that point and is that a good yeah, thing? That's that's literally their job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But is that a good <laughs> so, thing and all that other oh, stuff? Well, yeah, okay. But, yeah, and that gets into there's a difference between there. forcing competition and preventing monopoly. There's a very different thing there. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's a good point. That's well, a good point. I, I could uh, see if if like let's say that makes sense. If like let's say uh, was it Renasi? Uh, Renesis? Renes Renesis. So if Renesis was doing like a hostile takeover. I could see like mm. preventing a monopoly that way, sure. But what if like Intel's like, please buy us out, we're going out of business, kind of thing. Um, yeah, I guess so. I think what it really comes down to is that they look at. I think the 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 large scale things look at it as like, uh, you know, the so the 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 big anti-monopoly stuff is looking at this. They're also looking at like AT and T merging with Verizon type stuff, right? Like huge carriers, right? Where there's these huge categories. Whereas here they're like, oh, chip companies buying chip company. There's still a lot of chip companies, and it's like. But we know as you get down into the sub-genres of, of, uh, and the subcategories of chips, it's like, well, there's actually not that many in certain areas, and that's really where, that's really where I have problems with it. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, yeah. there's just fewer and fewer analog, and then fewer and fewer, you know, and, and maybe... Power systems yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, I don't know. It, like I said, it, it probably kind of gets into the political realm, so we don't need to do that, but it, it, it bugs me. But it, what am I going to do? Yeah, exactly. Start your own so, chip company, Chris. Uh, well, I'm sure I'm <laughs> that sure is something you can do. He would start. He would. He would start digging into me too. So yeah, I don't. I don't know how to design chips. So, what's next on the list? So next is the. Uh, we've all heard about that USB killer, right? Yep. Uh, I have, but maybe you should explain what it is. Real so quick. the USB killer is a device that plugs into a USB port. It has uh, some capacitors and a little microcontroller on it, and basically it. Uh, buck boosts up a couple capacitors, charges up to 200 volts, and then zaps your data lines multiple times a second. <laughs> Just okay. So, so here's the piece I don't get. Why does this exist? Like, it's the same reason why. Like, why does viruses exist? Why does uh, why does graffiti well, exist? It, it's, it's a hardware attack. No, graffiti is art. I'm sorry. Uh, this yeah. It's it's art. If the person who owns the building says it's okay. Uh, I think we're, I think we're getting, we're getting into rough getting territory. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think that, okay. Anyways. Yeah. So I, th- okay. <laughs> okay. So this is a direct hardware attack. Uh, yeah. and in fact, I was watching a video, uh, um, gosh, the other day on this and, and they showed it actually happening. Bam. It zaps your, your data lines and windows completely crapped itself when that happened. Yeah. And it just, it refused to start afterwards. So mm-hmm. it's a way to absolutely just lock out someone out of their machine. Yeah, so it's an, actually it's 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 essentially is uh it's vandalism so yeah okay like, what if yeah. you play uh, i guess so, i guess well, this uh well basically going forward is like don't put you know public facing usb ports on devices <laughs> yeah the the uh, the apple method of uh, remove remove everything uh i guess so yeah well, I, maybe apple was on to something doubtful i don't think they're going through the 3.5 <laughs> millimeter jack um I, I, so, so the question you you were you posted was how do, how do you defend? Yeah, how do you this, defend right? against this? So there's um don't hang out with a holes. That's the answer. There you go. Uh, <laughs> they, they, don't they, put forward facing USB ports on like an ATM. I don't know why an yeah. ATM would have one, but it wouldn't surprise me if that existed. 
Yeah, <laughs> right, right, yeah. But but uh, honestly, because of this, we're probably going to see some kind of protection devices that are fast energy uh, dissipation devices that you can put right on your data lines. Yeah, that somehow don't load down the, you know, differential signaling. Yeah, some kind yeah. of like super fast zeners that can they can just dump yeah, it all out. Wouldn't, I mean, if it goes fast enough, wouldn't it eventually start affecting? I mean, there's not like a lot of current behind data signals, but like, wouldn't it? If you had if you had a, a, a diode on there, I mean, obviously, you know, they're they're there for um, transient surge protection. It's yeah, like transients and stuff like that. You know, you stick those on there, but if they're really fast, aren't they going to start? Impacting the signals at some point, or is that is that way off? No, I, I yeah, I think it would start uh, harming. The, I guess if you could, um, if you could detect that kind of event, like if it happens multiple times, so it's like, I guess like a smart ESD device, you know, mm, so you can uh -huh. detect that's not a normal ESD event, that's something trying to attack that bus and turn it off. Yeah. It's just just more money we have to drop into this crap. Yeah, because I can see the I, people who get harmed the most would be like public libraries and stuff that got you know computers that anyone can use. Yeah, and then some I mean, you know honestly, jerk comes the, the in. Way that, and... the, the way that I would solve this is actually not with electronics. I would solve it with a lock. I mean, you basically you put some hooks in there, or you put some some mounting holes in the side of the USB connector, right? So like on the left and right side, you put holes there, and then you do it like where you have uh, you know plastic device that inserts in there. Then you have a key that rotates and it puts some. Um, not tumblers, but what are they called? Like uh, like bars into those holes, and then you can't, you know, that basically prevents you from removing the lock or inserting a USB device. Like that would be the that would be the way that I would do it. Um, not that you can't pick a lock, but at the certain, you know, it's that same thing with like any kind of security thing where eventually, you know, it's it's just it's locks on a door. If someone wants to get in and, and hurt your in. stuff, if they really want to, they're gonna bring a sledgehammer and you know, yeah, and mess your stuff up. Yeah, right? if they really <laughs> wanted to mess up the computers at the library, they just toss them off the desk. <laughs> right, exactly. So, I don't know. Um, like I said, don't hang out with a-holes. That's probably the best one. <laughs> yeah. It just seems like a really discreet and simple way for damaging uh, hardware. Yeah, exactly. It it definitely is. Yep. <laughs> All right, so next on the list is uh, the uh, Samsung Note 7 explodingness that's been going on. Explodingness, yeah, yeah. Man, this got expensive too, huh? Yeah. It's a billion dollar recall. I think we had that on our yep uh, our list of stuff too. Yep. Um, so there was what 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 about it? Yeah. So there was some uh, <laughs> official word from what Samsung's been doing. So Samsung uh, says it's uh, basically they're squishing the batteries too much. Is what they're saying. Oh, and like it was bad mechanical design. Yeah, so that's what they're saying. But like, wait, wait. If you have it in like your back pocket and you sit down. No. So all the things that when they blow up. They blow up because they've been prolonged charging for long periods of time. Oh, That's why they're like, blowing up. Yeah. The kind of like the way everyone charges their phones. Yeah, overnight. <laughs> yeah, you plug it in. Um, and so, what's interesting is Samsung says it's a bad mechanical design or something like that. Um, but then Samsung pushed out a firmware update that limits charging to sixty percent of the battery. And so, if oh it, my God. so if it was a mechanical issue. It's not like if you charge the battery to 100%, it somehow gets bigger. Right, right. It's not a balloon. Yeah, right? it doesn't fill up. <laughs> is, that, is that how batteries work? <laughs> There's more electrons in there now, so it, it, it gets a little bigger. Maybe, maybe, maybe bigger. we have mechanical firmware nowadays. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Samsung invented it. Yeah, so there's this guy that was on the, uh, I think it was the uh, Ask Electronics subreddit on, on, on Reddit. Uh, his mm -hmm. name's One David E. 
And he actually, his description is battery management systems and connectors. Um, so I guess he knows his stuff about batteries. And maybe. And he <laughs> yeah. was the one who, yeah, maybe. <laughs> he was the person that brought up the 60% charge thing. And so he thinks it's just bad battery management, which makes sense. Oh, oh, you mean like the uh, the chipset that's actually uh, controlling it? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's doing the the gate the fuel gauge stuff and actually seeing you know how full is it? Because yeah, you actually that is actually a pretty interesting topic of like battery gauges aren't actually they're not directly they're measuring voltage and as current comes through, but really it's just doing it over time and averaging. You know, it's just recording data as it goes along and then estimating based on how the acceleration of or deceleration of the charging happens right exactly well, but a lot of times it actually takes physical readings too because it's reading the temperature of the battery as that's happening uh along with that uh which kind of gives a better gauge of where you're at mm. and so what's what's interesting is if it was a truly like it was truly a uh mechanical issue you know samsung mm. couldn't do anything you know, that's probably why they're also recalling all these phones. But the firmware updates interesting is they're not letting you know they're not letting it go up to hundred percent charge. And it might be yeah. the battery management is not set up right. And it might be something they can't actually update the firmware to, you know? They can right, they, they can tell well, Android. Yeah, you could probably get down to that level, but it might be so ingrained that it's like, well, it could be a bad chip. You know, they're not gonna tell what that actually is, right? Yeah, it could just be like the cutoff, like the like on the battery management chip, there's like a cutoff and like the resistor value is off or something like that. <laughs> either mm -hmm. either that or they've calculated the exact amount of energy that it takes in order to ignite a fire and they're preventing that much energy. That could be true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because these are, I mean, these are big phones, right? These are like the, the phablets. Yeah. Like the, these things the are ginormous. <laughs> yeah. Phablet? I, mean, I, so they're I don't think I've heard anyways. that before. Yeah. What? A phablet? Phablet or ginormous? Well, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. a phone I, tablet. I, <laughs> that's awesome yeah yeah so it, it sounds as stupid as they look <laughs> kind of like the uh the note no this, yeah. is, this is the note 7 yeah yeah so that thing's about this big yeah right huge you know we're on you know we're in an audio yeah, right guys <laughs> <laughs> it was this big <laughs> imagine a square about the size of a note 7 that's how big it is mm, yes this is very descriptive yeah, that's a, uh, you know, it's it's a tough problem too. Like, I I don't even know, I mean, this is a consumer level, right? So, I, obviously, Samsung is going to weather the storm monetarily, but like, man, that's just so much hardware in the world. Yeah, I does think that mean a, too? Like, with with a recall, like they'll actually give new ones? You think or what? I would I would think, or at least get your you know hundred percent your money back. Hmm. That's crazy. I think there's like what a million <laughs> devices, something like that. Really, that many? Yeah. Hmm. Something like that's that. crazy. some crazy number. Well, they're saying like a yeah. billion dollars recall, and you got to think what six hundred dollars a phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get yeah six seven hundred dollars a phone would be great because then yeah the rest would probably just be overhead and dealing with waste disposal stuff like that because I mean that's a lot of that's a lot no. of electronics waste too. They'll just use the phones in like China or something. Yeah, maybe they'll. I mean, they, they, it's possible they could refurb them, but those things aren't exactly made to be disassembled, right? I mean, like that's no, they're not. That's my that's my frustration with a lot of phones these days. I miss uh, just removable batteries. I know I know why they started doing that, but it's it's just frustrating to me. It's actually really funny because I I have a uh, one plus two, and it does not have a removable battery, but the back comes off so you can change what color the back is. 
Oh, isn't that nice? <laughs> yeah, it's like, why why isn't the battery not removable at that point? Right. But, well, that's just because consumers care more about the look and feel of stuff than they do about the the specs because they're just going to upgrade in a year or two anyways. I well, guess yeah, so. but so. yeah, and, and I think there might be a little bit of malicious thought in there at the same time where if you don't have the chance to change out your battery, once your phone starts to degrade, then you just go buy a mm-hmm. new one instead of just upgrade yeah. your battery. I, I always hope that it's not that case, but I'm sure that's part of it, yeah, unfortunately. Well, yeah, because what, lithium batteries have about 500 to 700 recharges before they start to degrade. Oh, is that all it is? Yeah, oh, yeah, it's really it's low. And so then you got to think is, you have to recharge your smartphone once a day. That's about a year mm-hmm. and a half. Right. That sounds right, yeah. And uh, I've been... So I was at IMTS yesterday, and uh, at the end of the day, it was coming around, and I knew my phone was low on battery. And I was like ready to call an Uber, and the same thing happened. Where it was like, "Oh, you have ten percent of your battery <laughs> dead," and I was like, oh, <laughs> "I don't have a car anymore. <laughs> I don't know where I am." You know, you know. Uh, so I'm sure they do this, but uh, phone companies that report uh, the the level of your battery, if mm-hmm. you, if they could just make a better algorithm that's more linear with the discharge rate, because it seems like. Uh, it seems like, yeah. man, my thing, my, my phone hangs at like 80% for a while, and then from 80 to zero is like 20 minutes. Well, know? so what happens is it will notify you got 10%, and so then you check it every two minutes to make sure you have charge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, so you're, you're you artificially your accelerating yeah. it. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. right. it's like the screen is like 90% of the battery of that phone. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I wonder too. Like, I mean, so you guys have seen the the discharge curves of, of lithium ion batteries before, right? Yep. I mean, like, yeah, the, yeah. And it and it has it de- definitely has that cliff at the end. Mm-hmm. But I just wonder about repeatability too. So, like, I mean, uh, controlling for you know nominal current draws, whatever. Like, like like you said, if it if it is someone checking the phone all the time, then yeah, it's going to obviously change things. But I don't even know. It it must be somewhat consistent, right? I, I, don't, I don't. I've never actually designed a fuel gauge chip in. I don't think so. I haven't designed a fuel gauge ship either, so I wouldn't know. Maybe I'll have to do that. I think I, I think that just might be the best solution is to just go design one in and, and see what happens because I don't I don't know. Like it's well, there there are I, I've seen what the series is like. The TI's got one series, the BQ twenty four thousand series. I think they have fuel fuel gauge in there. Think, I've used the BQ four seven something 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 before. I think uh-huh. it's the four seven. It was it's a yeah. lithium battery management chip. Yeah, it's yeah, it's exactly. It's not just the charger anymore. It's like the it's got other a bunch of other bells and whistles on yeah, it, right? Yeah. So and it it actually and, reports what level you're at. Mm-hmm. That one doesn't. Uh, they have some that do Uh-oh. though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And it kind of guesses, but yeah. Yeah, and it must be. I mean, maybe it's also tied in because it's a it's a buck boost type of thing too, where you know like the. Uh, you know, it's it's trying to switch modes as well. You know, trying to boost it up or whatever towards the end. Maybe that changes things, but hmm. I don't know. It it just seems like a, a tough problem, especially since this is such a critical piece of of uh, technology over time. Yeah. You know, like where lithium ion is not going away, or well, whatever it is. You know, it might be ah. life EPOs or however you ah, say that. fusion uh, cells, <laughs> man. Polymers. Yeah. Micro. Wait, so how does that work? So you you said five hundred to seven hundred charges, but what about like? Um, what about like on electric vehicles? Uh, I think it's about the same, right? No, how could that be possible? Well, Maybe a year and a half for well, that's a, a full a that's a yeah, full yeah. cycle. Okay, so yeah, fi- uh, the charge that's talking there is a complete discharge and a complete recharge. It it drastically decreases when you're doing partial charges. Like the you mean you get more to- total cycles if it's a partial? That's charge? correct. Yeah. Correct. 
Oh, okay. So okay. yeah, if you're just hammering the battery on and off, uh, full okay. discharge charge, it's 500 to 700. Right, and I guess that's how people use phones too, because they're you know there's just less capacity overall. Whereas someone might, you know, drive to the store and back and then re- and top it up kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Did you guys see that article? I actually didn't post it anywhere. Did you see that article about? Uh, it was a really cheeky title. It was like the the car that Elon Musk dreamed of. Is finally coming to fruition. It's just not being made by by Tesla. <laughs> no, I didn't see that one. Yeah, because Chevy. So Chevy's putting on a new a new EV, like a you know, it's like a hatchback, tiny little thing, but it's got like I think they said two hundred thirty plus miles of of range on it. How expensive for like a is it? Thousand dollars. It's a thirty thousand after rebate. That's not bad. No, I mean like it really is. I mean like that really is like the that is what they've been talking about a long time, and that's what the uh, I think the Model Three is like as well. Um, so yeah, interesting things happening with the the automotive industry right now. I think, especially on that side. Of I wonder things. where they're going to get Obviously. their batteries from. I wonder if they're just going to buy them from Tesla. No, they said that LG Tech. Is, so I, I assume that's part of LG Electronics, but uh, that's who their battery supplier is. Is LG Tech? So it'd be hmm. from uh, overseas then. Uh, yes. Uh, I don't know if there's. I guess there was that A one two three was in Michigan, right? I think that was at one point, but they shut down. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, that's uh, honestly, I'm, I'm basing it all on a single New York Times article that I read and will uh, post, obviously. But um, unless you guys want, do you guys want to do the notes this time? You can do Yeah, we can do right? notes yeah, this time. Sure. <laughs> all right, sweet. Yeah, send people over to the Macrofab thing. Yeah. We'll <laughs> have it somewhere, though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just always, I'm always doing the notes, you know. You guys are, yeah. too. Uh, <laughs> Actually, um, you, you talked about the IMTS, right? Yes, I did. Yeah, so I, uh, I was actually looking through your pictures. Um, what's yeah. with all the people with VR goggles on in that one picture? Uh, okay, so is that well, a virtual line? Back and, <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, IMTS is a trade show that happened here in Chicago uh, at McCormick Place, which is the one of the main. There's I, uh, McCormick Place down south of the city, and then there's um, Rosemont, which is out by the airport by O'Hare. Um, and so it's a machining show. It's you know. Uh, machining and robots and just industrial automation around uh, around metalworking and 3d printing and all this crazy stuff uh so yeah so i, I was there yesterday i took some pictures and the, so the picture you're talking about is i forget who did it it was i think it must have been i think that was haas maybe but it was like a virtual it was a, a virtual show floor or a virtual shop floor rather it was really gimmicky though like so all these people were there's like four people in a row wearing headsets or like vr goggles and they were just like looking around and there was like machining operations and robots doing their thing internally i don't <laughs> think there's any interaction so so it was like it was, just, it was exactly like the show floor like there's machines around doing stuff except that it was in virtual no it was more like a shop floor like an actual like if you okay, were actually okay. in a machine so shop, it was like it was like the sims factory in vr yeah <laughs> <laughs> right exactly yeah so um but Here's what I will say about that, because I did want to talk about this as well. Uh, we have the most boring conferences in the electronics industry compared to them. <laughs> Holy crap. Uh, so so you, saw, you saw the pictures, right? Yeah, I yeah. saw the pictures. Like the, so there was this one, I think it was a lathe. It must have been like a lathe station or something. But like you look at the scale of it, and like you're like, oh, it looks like just, you know, like a, 
you know, like a horizontal lathe with like the big closing cabinet, or whatever. And then you kind of like you kind of look a little closer, and you realize the bottom of the cabinet is at the top of people's heads because this thing is so huge <laughs> that it's making parts for I don't know, like engines or something, you know, big Trains. ships or yeah, yeah, yeah. it must yeah camshafts for like, for uh, shipping uh, like diesel engines and shipping uh, boats. Yeah, exactly. I I literally had shortness of breath yet like i was drinking a bunch of coffee so i'm sure that was part of it too but like, <laughs> i literally i literally was having trouble breathing walking around the show just because it was just like so much sensory overload and it was just like you're in the middle of you know it's like it's a conference right it's it's you know the the padded carpet everywhere and everybody's in suits and then there's a five-axis mill next to you cutting you know a propeller and doing its thing and you're like what is going on here <laughs> and it's not one of them it's like you know and there was just like the Haas station was probably 30 machines all different all doing their own thing you know it was so 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 insane and and i've been to a lot of electronics conferences and we're so boring compared <laughs> to that you know like well, how do you compete with that lots of blinking leds <sighs> you still you know like i don't know i, I a hundred you know a couple hundred million dollars would would help you compete for sure <sighs> Well, yeah, that was and that was the other thing, like just the scale of like, I mean, I, I, you must it must have taken them days to move these things in there. They're huge, they're these oh, huge yeah. machines, and like, you know, and Chicago's union labor, so it's probably really expensive to move that crap in there. Can you imagine how much power <laughs> they'd have to route for that yeah, place? Exactly, it's all three phase. It's like, yeah, it was, uh, it was nutty. And so let me pull up these pictures too, because I can talk through. I mean, obviously, you know. We'll link it in. You need to look at the pictures, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But um, Imagine God, a picture was... of a giant lathe. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, because uh, Maker Faires, you, like, you get 3D printers, and sometimes you get like a you know DIY you know, access machine like a CNC, but... Yeah, exactly. Exa and, you know, and actually, I was thinking of that, too. Like, I, I have never felt that much... Because uh, I had been using my 3D printer in the morning. I never felt that much like... Uh, imposter syndrome where like you go in you're like oh I've got my three axis little you know so before you know it Chris printer. before yeah. you know it Chris you're gonna put giant tires and lift your 3D printer up no I don't think so <laughs> but I don't think that would help even like this is this is just like the scale of like you know they've got like the super you know they've got like 20 horsepower motors driving these you know driving the spindles and stuff like that it's just it's insane wow uh Let's see what else is on here. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, obviously, there's just the scale of the conference itself as well. Uh, what else did I want to say about we, that? We, oh, oh, did you see the, the first picture, the big robot? Oh, the big, the big arm? Yeah. So I say Fanuc, but I don't think that's right. I think it's Fanuc, or I'm not actually sure how you say the company name. Uh, but the reason I took a picture of that is because I wasn't allowed to take a picture when I went to the Tesla factory. Uh Alicia and Chris were kind of to take me on a tour of the Tesla factory when they went. And I did talk about it on the show, but we weren't allowed to take any pictures in there. However, I can say that this is the robot arm that lifts the car up off the assembly line, puts it up onto a tray, and then another one t takes it off the tray and puts it down in the next assembly line, and it keeps going, all in, all in order just to let uh, traffic go by these cars in order to reverse the line. You know what's interesting so, is uh, I got a tour yeah. of the Tesla factory, and I got to take pictures. Maybe I should have just asked nicer. How, Maybe. How did you get to take pictures? I, I didn't ask. I just started taking pictures. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you might get sued by Tesla. Like, like that's like an insta suing. You know, like that's like the only thing. The only they thing pressed we, a button somewhere. Yeah, the only th yeah insta suit is like 
I open up my bank account and it's like negative four billion dollars. <laughs> um, you owe Elon Musk. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only thing we couldn't do when we were at the Tesla factory was we couldn't go to the battery area. Like they're stuffing the battery boxes. They go underneath mm. them. Um, we could not yeah. go into that room. That's that the, the only th- proprietary thing. That was the only thing they see. wouldn't let us go look at. So maybe it, when did you go? Maybe like it was. Maybe they've changed their policy since I maybe. went. I don't know. That was two Maker Fairs ago. Hmm. Two or three Maker Fairs ago. All right. Well, maybe maybe you just got lucky, or maybe you're gonna you're gonna. Did get, you go uh, on an on day? Like were they working the floor? Yeah. Of oh, course. we went on a weekend, so we didn't. There was no one there. Oh, uh, okay. So that's probably why then as well. Yeah. yeah. I bet you it maybe was, like business intelligence, how the line works, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it was probably that because. Um, all the machines were t- the only things that were on were like the six axis machines. They were like uh-huh. cutting out like the rear housing for the axis uh, for the uh, axles. And, gotcha. Uh, okay. That was the only thing that was running, but everything else was shut down. Makes sense. Cool. That, I guess that's probably why. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. So otherwise, at this show though, I mean, like the robotics as well. Like, um, you know, this is this is like a different like so like you know we see a lot of robots these days. Uh, kind of moving into the maker space as well um, and this is not that this is like industrial like Nachi and uh, who's the other one big one um, Yakusawa or something like that uh, but yeah these are just like crazy crazy industrial robots obviously Fanuk or I don't know how to say any of these names apparently but uh, it's obviously <laughs> a lot of work holding stuff like that so it's uh, oh Kuka as well I knew them yeah so it's just fun to I, I don't know I, I can watch that stuff all day long so yeah there's a really cool highly recommend oh yeah there's a really cool video of one that's like it's one of the Japanese companies that makes those big robot arms and they have two samurai mm-hmm. swords that are touching just the tip and they're like oh, and they're yeah, like heard, moving around that. and yeah yeah, yeah. Hmm. check the description below to see that video yeah <laughs> <laughs> every year here in Houston we actually have the uh, uh, the turbo machinery show uh, and it's turbo machine. Yeah, that yeah, sounds awesome. That, I need to go. Uh, it, <laughs> actually, it's happening the, uh, oil right industry now. Or what? Uh, it's it's the power generation industry. So ah, uh, cool, cool. Yeah. So it's a lot of uh, steam generation turbines. It's pumps. It's all the machinery that goes along with that. Uh, and I a, a previous job I used to go every year. I I had to go every year and 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 represent. But we we got to walk around and it was it was the exact same kind of thing. They had like three um, D sand printers that were printing the turbine yeah. blades for uh, you know a coal power plant, uh, and yeah. it was just the machines the size of the room, and it's just mesmerizing to sit there and watch it. And and yep. one year Siemens actually showed up with a three million dollar turbine and just set it in the middle of the room, you know, and they had they had the whole rotor blade lifted out, and they on their stand they actually had a hologram where um, you went and you you would walk into this certain area, and the hologram would project all around you, and this entire steam turbine would explode into all of its parts, and it was just oh, it was just like awesome. oh my gosh, and like all of these <laughs> turbine parts are all around you, and it's just like I yeah. wish it could be some other industry that was doing like Siemens has enough money to pull this off, you know, but like yeah, right. I, oh, I, I think Chris was cool. right then. We need more more awesome stuff at at shows oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean yeah i mean that's what it comes down to is like their stuff is just naturally 
awe-inspiring just because of the scale and the size and the power of it, right? Yeah, I, I mean, guess like, so. And but 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 like, as, it keep, you keep asking direction. the question, like, you look at this thing and you're like, how did they make that? How like just because it is so <laughs> big, how is it well, made? How? It's the opposite. But it's the opposite way is. Something so tiny. How did they make that? Well, we, yeah, right. we, we kind of live in yeah. that world. Yeah, we live in that world. Yeah. Right, but humans humans just don't naturally react to that because it's just at a certain point it just scales down to magic, right? Yeah, right. That happened exactly. To, you know. Yeah, I, I got it. We need to make a room size, just ginormous relay. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a, like a, one of those gates closing. Yeah. At like a, like like a parking gate. Exactly. <laughs> And Except it closes in ten milliseconds. And you had to put hearing, oh, yeah. And you had to put hearing protection on when it latches. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. It latches, yeah. and, and the uh, the entire room welds. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah, needs yeah. to close with like a cannon shell. Yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> you have to explode it. Closed. That would uh, that would be impressive. It's just no one would survive to talk about it. That's the only problem. You know, actually, you know? so so funny enough. Another story. I worked for a uh, a power company here in Texas. And I was at I uh, was at a, uh, a a nuclear plant actually in in North Texas, and they had to close the uh, the contactors for the entire plant, and they were the oh. they were these huge like devices, one huge knife switch. Yeah, well, okay, here's it? the thing that's crazy. It looked like a a giant conch shell, uh, so it was like uh -huh. this giant spiral thing, and uh, they actually had to load it with these explosive charges. Because they couldn't blow the contacts away fast enough with like a spring drive or anything like that, so they had to explode the the switch apart, or it would weld. Wow! Uh, and it was it was one of those things where like all the line operators were out there, and they're just like everyone's all right. And I'm this intern yeah. sitting out there. I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? And then I hear this explosion. It's like earth shattering, and everyone doesn't really care. Everyone's I'm the just one kinda, who's like, what is everyone's happening? Everyone's in the back you know? of their pickup truck with the bed down, opening up a beer. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah, wait yeah. for the exactly. explosion. Because yeah, right. <laughs> to them that's normal, and to me it's like, oh my god, the world is splitting open. <laughs> right. It was exactly. it was it was super well, cool. And that's the thing. So, like, that actually, that was another thing that, like, so even walking around, right, you do a couple laps, whatever, and, you know, it's crazy because the human brain is very adaptable or whatever, and you do start to normalize it, too. You're like, oh, yeah, well, like, huge, you know, like, huge mill, right, whatever. It's just, it's just <laughs> yeah, happens whatever. to be carving out, like, a full turbine blade or right. whatever. whatever. But, like, I think that's the thing because that, I was thinking about that used to happen to me. I remember the first time I saw a bunch of fab equipment, the first time I went into a fab, it's just, like, you're, like, Holy crap! I've never seen anything this big before, right? Yeah. Like like a like a lithography machine, uh, lithography machine, right? With all its chambers and whatever, mm -hmm. and you can watch it all day long. And eventually, you're just like, well, I gotta get some work done now, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just like you just normalize to it because you have to, you know? Like I I don't know. So I'm sure it's similar. So maybe the the key thing is just to keep going to conferences that you're not used to, and maybe that's where you 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 really get the most magic magical bang for your buck. Yeah, you know? constantly yeah. having your mind blown. Yeah, right. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, uh, yeah. That, uh, But highly recommend machining shows. They, that, that was fun as hell. So um, it's good to know that there are – because the other thing is that our I, – I think our industry is kind of toning down the whole trade show thing as well. Um, so it's nice to know that there are still things like that. You know, yeah, cool. I, I guess there's still Electronica. Uh, that's a big one but that's also because that's towards the industrial and auto automotive sectors which have a lot of money still in them so and it's germany so uh yeah so that was imts what else is going on with you guys uh that's actually the end of our list do you have anything you want to talk about 
Mm, well, we do have, I will remind people, we do have a uh, subreddit. Obviously, you guys were talking about Reddit already. Yep. And uh, we do have our subreddit called The Amp Hour, or slash r slash The Amp Hour. Uh, you know, there's a couple things on here. I was talking to Mike today about it, too, uh, Mike's Dish. Uh, ESP32, what do you guys think about that? Have you been have you been looking at it? What do you think about the so I've, about the new specs? and? So everything? I've only used its, uh, I guess, uh, its predecessor only a couple times. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't done too much with it. Um, the 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 specs that's most interesting is it's a, it's a dual core right now. I uh, I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think it's a dual core. I think it's got two microcontrollers on its core now. Um, yeah. So that's gonna be interesting. Um, I think they're also trying to push the company's trying to push more openness in terms of its platform. Like, how do you program yeah. it? How do you do this? Because mm. if it's got its own auxiliary core now now you can now you don't need your arduino anymore um right right it'd be awesome if you could just you know if they made a little tiny board that's the wi-fi board that's got a usb plug on it so you can just plug into it and then load up all your code via you know the arduino ide that'd be cool right right yeah that would be nice i think that that you know obviously that's got staying power in terms of you know people are comfortable with the platform and they're able to peek and poke around the the registers and the the pins and stuff so i think that that is still something that people are going to want regardless of how much power it's got but yeah i'm just i i I keep looking at this thing and just the you know like the the cost driver that is almost always the thing right when you really think about uh internet connected operations and having everything connected as a node it's like you really gotta get the cost down and and this is one of the at least the accessible things to the to the community that we're most privy to so that's that's usually why i'm most um interested in this stuff like especially the esp family whatever yeah you know. i think the last one is like what two dollars and something cents for a module now yeah it's dirt yeah, cheap. It's, it's definitely yeah, down i think this one's right. seven dollars right now for a module right i, I like the idea right. of being able to offload gpio I, I think that's super cool being able to uh give give a secondary thing especially if it's if it's handling all your internet connectivity and you need it to just directly do its own thing with its own pins it's just available Mm -hmm. right there that just makes it so much more convenient than having to do all this communication loop between your main processor right right yeah because well yeah and exactly because when you when you have a loop at all right that's i mean that's kind of the the downside to a microcontroller in the first place if you really if you really start to get uh if you really start to get heavy into processing and stuff like you have to go back and check every everything that's in the loop and uh and then you can't have as the same update rate. So right. FPGA is for the win, but sometimes it's better to just throw more processors at it in the first place, right? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. We, es- especially yeah. if there's a clear delineated line that you can draw between the two. If if this right. processor can just handle all of this crap, just let it do that, you know? Right, right. And, and well, you spoke about Arduino before too. Like if you look at like those solutions for, uh, what was that one that actually was internet connected? Um, one of the Arduinos was, the, not the Douay, the... Uh, Yui, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, was yeah. It? I think that Y U E. I think. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. Exactly the Yui, or however you say it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and that was really just that was just a module that was running Linux and doing its own thing because it needed to to have you know basically a software stack, but it just kind of sat on its own. Yeah. So and you just talk to it serially, just like, hey, do this. Yeah. Or or give right. me this. Yeah. Connect me to the internet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah, that uh, that is definitely the. The easier way to do things, I think. Well, so. and I think I think it really aids in kind of the education and just the ease of everything. If you turn everything into a Lego block, 
where it's just like, hey, today I need the red Lego block, which is equivalent to this chip, and I just place it right. down. I'm done, you know? So, uh, so we should make a Twitter chip. A Twitter chip? You, you, to oh, you know, yeah. you totally it's could. It's a chip that just automatically talks to Twitter. And you know what? You could probably <laughs> just program something and sell that chip, and people would buy it. I guarantee you. Because it it's just like I a... Bet, I bet that's... I bet you're right, actually. That... Yeah, you could just have like a generic. Well, you could probably make it out of like an ESP32 or whatever. Yeah. You just slap a label on there, you know, or something that looks like a Twitter logo because you can't use their logo. Um, right. <laughs> and yeah, no, that's actually a really good point. That's kind of like it's like the if this then thatification of of silicon, yep. right? Or so, silicon solutions. Yeah, so like on boot, so. it just sends the chip your login information, and bam, it does it. And 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 it's it's right. really kind of not even a question of what power to give it nowadays it's like everything takes 3.3 volt it's more about do you choose spi or i squared c for your communication protocol you know and even if, yeah, even within that it's still like you choose i squared c you know like it's yeah. just <laughs> the way it goes oh man i like spy i like spy too uh, i like going fast but i squared c is just right, way more right. readily available Right. I, I thought you were going to say when you were saying power is like, honestly, the thing that limits all this stuff, right? So like throwing more bandwidth at a, or more, you know, silicon even like at this point, cost isn't an issue. I think one of the limiting things is still battery, right? Because if you're on a battery solution, then, and you're just sitting on the network, then that's expensive in terms of, in terms of charge, yep. right? So that's often the, the limiting factor, but well, true. If but, you but, are plugged in, you're fine, you know. Or if you don't care, or if it's worth it to you, right? Yeah, so. but I mean, I mean, look at the sleep power that's on half of these chips nowadays. It's like four microamps, you know, or or less. Yeah. You know, that's even high on a lot of them. Well, yeah, right. um, I think he's talking about like continuous connectivity. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, yeah, if you're if you're hit. Yeah, if you average over all the all the time, yeah. right? You know, because yeah, the it costs more to transmit and everything like that. But right, right. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so, but interesting, though. Uh, we'll see if we see more projects from this. Maybe. I, maybe I think we will. Uh, it's kind of a guarantee. Yeah. <laughs> see, that's the kind of thing that I was kind of asking at the beginning. You know, like, I don't need to know what the projects are or whatever. I want, like, a just a general report of, like, like, oh, ESP32 is trending. You know what I mean? Like, that's what that's what your homework is, guys. <laughs> I, know you're, I know you're not able to do it, whatever, but I'm going to still ask for it. Like, I just want to know, like, what's what's the hot chip these days, right? Oh, you should pay attention to this stuff. And I think that that stuff gets a little bit skewed as well because a lot of people are still, you know, like a lot of the projects, are, especially the one-offs, are probably using like, you know, 328. Yeah, I was about to say a 328 like that, P. But, <laughs> right. Right, but if you just like filtered out the, if you filtered out like the super common stuff, you know, like, or you looked at the number three, four, five chips that are out there, that that kind of stuff that's very interesting. I wonder if you could just I think troll that, uh, like GitHub. Looking for public accounts yeah. and then looking for parts. Do you guys use a GitHub for your for your designs? Uh, yeah, I use like personally. I have uh, my personal GitHub, and then we actually have a Macrofab GitHub for hardware. Yeah, for, for hardware and software. Okay. Uh, what are you, are you guys building? Hardware for yourself? Yeah, or, um, or for the yeah, company. For the company. Uh, we have a couple like company sponsored projects. Um, oh, I didn't know about mm -hmm. that. Yeah, you should take a look at the uh, the super simple power supply, the SSPS. Okay. It's a okay. What? Uh, it's like a, a it's a 700 watt high current high voltage output, uh, digitally controlled. It, there's nothing simple about it. It's the 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 joke is oh. in the name. <laughs> yeah, it's like this. Yeah. It's this gotcha. mega monster power supply that we've been designing for a year. Yeah. Now. So it does. Uh, <laughs> the, the main thing is it does plus minus 40 volt. So you can actually oh, wow. uh, 
you can actually give it a waveform and it will do that waveform at 700 watts. It basically what it is is a, it's a function generator that has 10 amp output ca uh, capability and plus minus 40 uh -huh. volt. So you can you can spit gotcha. out DC or AC or if you wanted to do like 12 volts with a ton of noise on it, you could just program that in uh -huh. and it'll give you that. So we're just trying to make like the one power supply for our bench. Yep. One power supply to rule exactly. them all. Exactly. 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 Uh, yeah. So so all that stuff's up on GitHub too, so uh, yeah, and I see OPA five four one is the chip you're using, and, and which okay. is funny because you were actually talking about that earlier uh, about guys using audio op amps for power supplies. That's exactly yeah. what this. That's, what that's, that's for. Like yeah, pretty much exactly. exactly yeah, because you can use that op amp for like a hundred and twenty watt uh, output, but we've we've uh -huh. paralyzed them and reconfigured it so we can get like up to seven hundred watts out. <laughs> yep. Parallelize. Exactly. Yep. Paralyzing something is very different. Right. Parallelize. <laughs> Par paralyzing is what happens to me when I have to make a decision on a new chip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, no, I'm looking at the pictures now too. So the uh, so it's using a toroidal transformer. What comes off the transformer? Like 50, 60 volts off the transformer? Uh, actually, uh, so it's a, if I remember right, it's a 32 volt. That's RMS. Uh, 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 all said and done, once it's rectified, it comes out to be 43 volts. Uh, okay, and then it's kind of rail to rail on the on the um, actual. It's real close to rail to rail. Not exactly, but yeah. but pretty pretty close. Do you guys not do? Is there meant to be a heat sink on this? It's just not. It's actually going to be water cooled. Yep. <laughs> what? Yeah, we, we have a full like what we have a copper block where all because so here's the thing, oh, off the transformers the, the, the then then we have a plus minus thirty five volt regulators, uh, uh -huh. and then those dump into our op amps. And uh, and mm. and all of that's connected to a water block, which is in a closed loop radiator system. Hmm. So you guys are making it super practical. Like, oh yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So yeah, absolutely. The, the joke is, it was originally called the super uh, the super sim uh, super oh, stupid power super supply. stupid power supply, and we were like, <laughs> and they they told us you can't call it that. <laughs> but we already said it was the SSPS. So we had to come up with another. Uh -huh, right, right. The SSPS yeah. stuff. Yeah, right. I exactly. See. Right. So, I got so, it. That's nice. That's a nice origin story. And, and actually, what's what's funny is a lot of it started from uh, something that we we've talked about a couple times. Is uh, I'll go to Mauser or Parker go to Mauser, and and every once in a while I'll just go to like op amps, and I'll just mm -hmm. search for the most ridiculous op amp I can find. Oh, you know the yeah, one like I've done that. yeah yeah everybody <laughs> does that. And I found yeah, you, you put the slider all the way to the right, and you see what comes right. out. And know? I like, found the OPA five four ones. I was like, oh my god, what can we do with this? <laughs> and so gotcha. it kind of spawned this huge project. Yeah. So, okay. So wait. So but you have two of these. Mm -hmm. So it's a plus minus forty volt. Uh, it's thirty five ish. Uh, okay. Yeah. But what output current 10, 10 amp peak? Ten amp peak. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, one or two of these things. So there's two channels in the in the uh, the output. Oh, that's nice. So okay, so okay. so technically you can get 70 volts at 10 amps. Yeah. Oh, because you could put them in put them in. Yeah, line we actually will yeah, have. Yeah, it actually will have relays built in, and so you just press mm -hmm. a button that says I want to serialize the outputs, and then it'll go clack 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 clack, and it'll automatically yeah. do that for you. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And it, and it, and it runs on. Um, we actually have two 16-bit uh, DACs. Which control everything. One one of the DACs oh, nice does uh, sixteen bits from zero up to thirty five volts. The other one does zero down to negative thirty five. Uh -huh. So we sort of have a positive negative sixteen volt huge rail. 
Um, and nice. then we have a 16-bit current reading in so we can see what, what our output current is for both channels. How does it do with uh, capacitive loads? I mean, obviously, it has to be a big capacitive load, but... <laughs> right. Uh, we, we haven't gone that far yet. We're, we've, we've kind of... Okay. We've had the, uh, the generalized hardware designed and uh, the proof right. of concept, but that's kind of the point at which we're at. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. so I'm guessing it, it monitors feedback right at the output. Yes. It doesn't have like remote remote that's, monitoring stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. So like directly at well, the terminals. Well, this is still a fun project though. I mean, like this is uh, that's great. I mean, that's that's really so like that's part of you guys' job, like to make funky projects. Yeah, that's that's part of it. Yeah. 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 And and, and it's, it's you know pretty, it's pretty badass job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's stuff that you know we, we give we give fairly regular updates on the podcast. Uh, you know, yeah, of, of yeah. I was looking on. at the tag. It, I saw it, the, if you look at the SSPS tag on your blog, it pulls up all the podcasts that are mentioning it too. Yeah, yeah. And, and I've been I've been writing blog posts about uh, the design as I go along and all the crazy stuff I've been running into. Cool. That's great. This is a that's a that's a great little um, thing to follow along with. Yeah, that's good. You know, like like I said, voyeurism, right? Like you want to hear kind of. Uh, well, what are some of the issues you ran into, right? What are the <laughs> you can find like, that, every single one things. I ran into? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Of course, but I mean, like, there's there is so few ways to actually learn that stuff outside of. I mean, I obviously I'm a big proponent of just do it, but you know what I mean. Like sometimes it's like it'd be nice to be able to have some prompting beforehand where it's like, well, at least you know if someone would have told. Uh, house that it wasn't lupus it wasn't going to be lupus that whole time <laughs> then he would have arrived at that last instead of starting with lupus. right you know what right. I mean? exactly so like having that for electronics is nice too where you're like oh well it's it's probably you know it, it might you should definitely check your rails of course but like you know like having like this kind of laundry list in your head of things that it could be and you're kind of just like we're just pattern matching again right you're just trying to figure out does this does this jive with things that i've seen personally or heard the MEP guy is talking about, you know, like that, that kind of stuff. I think that's really useful. Yeah. Uh, so back to GitHub real quick. So, um, what, uh, now, now the awkward question, what is, what is your, uh, CAD of choice? Actually, that's actually really funny. That was a question that we were going to ask, but I didn't write it down. Mm. <laughs> um, okay. so you talk about, uh, EDA tool, right? Okay. Yeah. I like Eagle gasp. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm so so. I'm probably the I odd guy out. Trace. I'm a dip trace dude. <laughs> I I'm I'm I Captain dip trace. dip trace. No, no. I like a, I mean, like I like dip trace. It's probably the closest to like the key bindings of like Windows that are used to. Yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, so you, I mean, that the main downside is that it's just you know, it's a paid license, but that's actually pretty. Like people pay for software too, so that's that's fine. Uh, you know, and, yeah, and, and cool. the thing was, when I was, I, gosh, it was years ago, I was looking to purchase an EDA tool because I wanted to be official. I was actually starting out my uh -huh. own business at that time, and yeah. I wanted to be official with what I was doing. And I tried Eagle for like two minutes. So I was like, well, this is clearly not what I'm going to buy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, I searched oh, around. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, no, no. Sorry. Right. I'm just, it's no, just I think it's thing. actually what it, you come in with. I think that's what actually would it, like. So if you're used to other stuff, too, like people that are Eagle are like, they never come to KiCad because it's it's, it's so drastically different and usually they don't go to dip trace other unless they're you know like usually if there's not some forcing function then people won't change at all so i don't i don't hold it against well them. and 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 i've found that eagle guys are like eagle guys are eagle guys they will 
they will just tell you all day long why Eagle is the best, and they think <laughs> it's the best, and like they're just firmly Sounds like stuck. This is like a uh, the... like a, a water cooler conversation. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. yeah, no, it's it's constant. They, no, um, Parker and I have this right. all the time, I, and I, and I will admit, there's a lot of things that Eagle does better than Dip Trace, but there's just so it's just so cumbersome for me. I just it just doesn't oh, yeah. feel intuitive in any way, shape, or form. It feels like I have to. Fi figure out how to do everything and i like my left mouse button i like it a lot there it is everything <laughs> else uses it except for eagle that's right yeah. <laughs> so i come from uh, a well. uh, i come from like a drafting program background and eagle mm. is eagle's interface is just like let's say autodesk 2000 and so, like, yeah, I started right, using right. Eagle. I'm like, so you like, you like doing the commands. And yeah, stuff, right? I, I, I started using Eagle, and I'm like, this is just like Autodesk. Da, 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 right. Done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right. and, and that's understandable. And now it actually is Autodesk. Yes, yeah. now it is Autodesk. Right. Right. Come full right. circle. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and 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 you, Chris, what do you, what do you use? Uh, you know, I'm undecided, guys. I don't know. I thought you used GeekCAD. At least that's what you used for. Of course I do. Um, yeah, no, that's like what I build yeah. up. That's what all I talk about. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used, I used say, I'm like, time. wait. Yeah, <laughs> you're really confused, huh? Yeah. No, yeah. So, I, yeah, I'm a Kai guy. So, uh, no, because I, the reason I wanted to ask about this anyways is just because, uh, is there any, yeah, so the dip stuff is all raw. You have to look at the. You can't you can't actually see any of the changes. Not not that you can really use it for KiCad anyways, but like sometimes you can kind of discern like the the changes in the ASCII format stuff. So like if you're doing a diff between between boards, you can. Uh, it's not it's not pretty. Right. You just mostly know that that file is different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the main thing. Yeah. You yeah, know? yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so like I mean, obviously I I argue with Dave all the time about about GitHub. I think it's I think it's actually a great solution for. Um, for hardware, I, uh, I love it. Yeah, I, I think, but also it's it's the same. Th I think Dave's argument is the same argument that I have against Eagle, right? So like, using command line is very unintuitive for Dave, right? I I I find it very unintuitive for CAD, right? For uh, typing actual full commands in, but like some people just like that. See, kind of I stuff, just right? use so the uh, I just use the Gindo uh, the the GitHub uh, Windows app. Oh no, no, I don't. <laughs> it works great. <laughs> No, it's terrible. Well, well, I'm curious now. Actually, what does Dave prefer? Dave uses folders. <laughs> and I think I think yeah. Dropbox. Yeah, yeah. Sure. No, we've talked about that a lot. And I, I like like I said, you know, I, at the end of the day, what it comes down to with with revision control in general, it's like if you're doing anything, you're you're beating eighty percent of the competition, right? Because if you're just like, well, it's it's still there, so I'm fine, or you know, like, that's that is not <laughs> the way to do it. If I open up the it, program kind of, and it saves the right. undoes, I'm fine. Right, exactly. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so I, I think that, like, I think Dropbox works fine, you know, for that kind of stuff. It's a little bit cumbersome in terms of, like, it's always updating, but, like, yeah, whatever. You know, and it has, it's actually saved my bacon a couple times, too, where I was, even though I was using GitHub, I was had it in a Dropbox folder. And, you know, I was able to revert back, even though I, because I was learning GitHub, the Git command, so I, you know, I <laughs> killed something uh and i was able to back it up so so you know that's actually yeah. funny because i do the exact same thing for everything that i have yeah. on github i actually have it on a dropbox account too yeah exactly <laughs> and, and like it's it's a nice backup to a backup to a backup right right right, so. right so yeah uh that's good though that's that's nice that you um i think the thing is that you so like this was kind of the promise of upvert as well like they they always talked about well you know uh they had a github like functionality but the real problem is that you don't really ever 
no one really forks hardware. You know what I mean? Like some people do, but not enough that it really matters. Matters to to draw. Yeah, to like to have a whole separate system. I think. So, if you do, you're probably going to be like, well, your V1 is good, but I'm going to make V1.1, and it's just completely diverging. There's no, there is no chance of it merging back into your your original repo. Maybe, yeah. so. maybe that, maybe you do that on like an Arduino Shield template or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I guess you could. But even still, like if so, if if you had a Shield template, and I go and modify it, right? I'm not going to be like merge my changes back in. I'm going to be like mine should be the new master you know what i mean like yeah yeah, yeah. that's probably probably yeah, the scenario yeah. that's gonna right, happen it's right. not gonna be like like oh well you'll pull my changes and maybe with so like if, if you are on the same uh eda tool then maybe it's like with KiCad you can do pages and stuff maybe you split it out by page maybe if you do that in dip trace or eagle too but again like it's not worth it because there's so much interconnected stuff it's just not built for right, it right right I, so, I that's the downside. yeah i mainly use github actually just so that i don't have to copy my files onto a thumb drive Oh, oh, to go between computers. Yeah. Too. So, like, if I'm at work, I can, you know, save my changes to GitHub, and when I come home, yep. I just, you know, get all my, you know, good stuff, and I'm like ready to go again. Yeah, that's not to worry about right. it. Right. Yeah, it's more of a workflow thing, just to make sure that you're done at the end of the day. You definitely commit all your stuff, yep. and you're ready to go. Well, and 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 but we've put all yeah. of our uh, Macrofab libraries and things up there. Uh, these are all the stuff that mm -hmm. works with our house parts. Uh, and everything, so oh, that's so nice. that's super that's super convenient, and we have it for uh, the three major EDA tools. Yeah, Dip Trace, Eagle, Eagle, and KiCad. KiCad. Uh, so you know, if you, <laughs> hey guys, I hate to tell you, those are not the three. Well, majors. okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe the, the three, three majors, majors for you. The three yeah. majors for the for the for the hacker maker community. Let's put it that way. Right. That, yeah, you're, okay. you're absolutely yeah. right. Those aren't the, the right. yeah, the, not the biggest. <laughs> yeah, right. I think uh, the billion dollar companies that are behind the other ones might. Not billion dollar, but you know the big companies that yeah they they might argue. In, in terms one. of who who is uploading projects into uh, a macrofab right now, those are the major mm -hmm. ones. Oh, actually, that's always a good question too. Yeah. So okay, so those are the the big three. Uh, are you still are you seeing, uh, not from a customer base, but just like are you seeing Altium stuff? We see oh, a lot, yeah, a ton Altium. of Altium stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that is another big oh, one. Oh yeah. What about any like super weird ones or yeah? Because you guys get actually. The, um, the XYRS stuff, and you can probably tell from that. Well, right? th this this last week, uh, we actually had so funny enough, we had a guy uploading um, files from Multiboard. Um, if you've ever had experience, <laughs> what? Yeah. So so you know, do you know Multisim from NI Instruments, National Instruments? Oh yeah, and they have that. Add -on they have the add-on package, which is Multiboard, which is actually the first EDA tool that I ever learned on, and I loved it. It was awesome. Really? Oh, it was so killer. Uh, so, so what I really liked about it, uh, and and maybe this was just uh, uh, being juvenile as an engineer, but what was cool about it is if you placed a part on a board and you wanted to modify that part, you could access the footprint as it stood on the board and modify it in place and save it right there. You didn't have to go to a separate anything to modify a footprint, you modified it right there and then saved it right to your file. So, you, so it was this. That sounds so dangerous. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> it, was, it was incredibly dangerous. Well, then I double clicked and the uh, SOIC became a MSOP, and uh, well, I guess that's why our product. But failed. what was really cool is it had like it was all in one package. Like with Altiboard, you had like you had these uh, yeah. these. It was fully integrated. Yeah, yeah, these kind of revision loops that happened all over the place, all over your board, and I really loved it at the time. Regardless, we actually had a guy try to upload uh, files from – not tried. He, he did upload files from 
uh, Alti board this week, which that was like, whoa, you know, blast from the past for me. Like I did, I didn't yeah, know anyone exactly. still uses that. Uh, we've seen stuff from Fritz Sink. Yeah, Fritz Sink. Um, yeah, I know a lot of people that like that. What's too. the other it's, one? It's, 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 it has a cat. A cat? Oh yeah, a free cat. No, it's it's something like that though. Yeah, they um. That's not free cat. I know what you're talking about. That's uh, a no, not free it's, cat. It's got a cat for a logo. I can't remember what it's called. No, because we talked about him uh, a couple episodes ago on the show, and then they contacted us. It was kind of like a, it was meant to be like a KiCad type um, open, or like open source um, stuff. Yeah, I think you're right. Oh well, <laughs> I'm googling it real quick so I can come up with something. Yeah. No, oh, googling well. cat no, EDA gone. tool actually comes up with the KiCad. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, yeah, I. I there was one of those. Um, we sometimes see pads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, cadence yeah. sometimes. God forbid if you use that software package. Uh, or CAD. <laughs> it's rough. Well, I think that's the same thing. Like, a lot of those, they're just the same because their customers asking them to be the same. You know, like, that's... Yeah. yeah. I think I think that that's actually, like, a, a great example of, like, the... You know, the... the What was it? The Henry Ford. Uh, if I would have asked what they wanted, they would have said better buggy whips or whatever uh, that phrase goes. Wanted faster horses. Faster horses, whatever. Yeah, uh, that's like basically what they're doing. Like their mar- their internal marketing, product marketing people are like, you know, what do you want us to change? And all of their high paying customers are full of, <laughs> you know, thirty year CAD engineers who are experts at what they do. Don't get me wrong, but they're like, don't change anything. They're like, all right, great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> will do. Because those are the guys that <laughs> renew their s- subscription every month. Exactly. Yeah, and it's it's not a small it is not a small no. check. So yeah. Uh, so anything else on this list that we should be talking about here? Let's see. Uh, yeah, Google killed their smartphone, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> IT tech. ITT tech is closing. That's kind of interesting. That's actually another, uh, that's actually a funding thing, but I don't really have any love loss for them. For-profit ed- education. Yeah. At least in certain forms are sometimes a little shadier than they should be. I, I've, I've, um, had, I've had a couple friends who, who unfortunately went through ITT, and uh, I've never heard anyone uh say anything positive yeah i and i'm sure there are success stories but yeah it's i think un- unfortunately on the on the larger side it's it's not delivering for the electronics at least the i mean like i said i, I knew some techs that were decent but i think they would they would have been decent no matter where they went you know what exactly. i mean exactly so yeah uh yeah i guess that's uh kind of all we got on the list here guys yeah, i think so too cool uh are you guys going to be at maker fair new york because i think i met Parker there the first time, right? Yeah. Um, I don't think we are going. I can check with Chris, okay. but I don't think okay. we'll be going. Okay. Well, I will be there, I found out. Uh, I'll be coming back from uh, <laughs> Europe, so I'll be flying through there. But uh, So if anyone is there, seek me out. I'll probably be a zombie, but I'll be around. That's at the end of September, uh, right? It's Yeah, October 1st. Yep. Ah, That's the, uh, we'll be moving and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Just like, you know. Hire a moving company and you'll be done with it, right? Sure. That's how it works? <laughs> sure. Yeah. That's exactly how it works with a small startup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. Well, hey, I'm glad we could do a, a joint podcast like this. This is, a, this is breaking new ground for the, uh, the electronics podcast side of things, huh? Yeah, this is a lot of fun. Yeah, this is awesome. Maybe if uh, Carl and Corey ever come back, we can, uh, you know, I can do one with them too. Subtle, subtle dig towards Carl and Corey. <laughs> <laughs> Those slackers. Uh, anyways, it was good talking to you guys, and I'm sure we'll talk soon. Yep, later. Yeah.